Hello, and welcome to Play DNA. I'm your host, Damon, and I'm here with... Cassandra. And Sarah. Today we're going to talk about board games, I think. I, I hope so. That's what I prepared for. All right. We don't ever do that. <laughs> <laughs> we played uh, some really fun games. The games... Well, let's ju- I'll just talk about the ones we've played that we've already mentioned. Bo and I played Ricochet Robots. Mm-hmm. We played Concept. I think we've talked about Concept on the show before, so I don't think we need to go over that one. But Concept mm-hmm. again. Um, what else did we play? Snorda. That's about it. Those are the ones <laughs> we played already that I played again. How about you guys? What did you play that we've already mentioned? We played Sushi Go, which is... Oh, yeah. I love that game. Yeah. Super simple drafting game. We played Word on the Street, which is always fun. It's just so simple and, like, surprisingly tense. Great (laughs) word game, letter game. Uh, We played Illuminati, which we have mentioned before. Um, This is a really unique, like, card game. It's kind of a combat card game. I guess it is. Um... But very, very unique in that space. Um, it's an older game. It's about conspiracy theories. Um, you each play like a different conspiracy and you try and influence like groups of people. Um, uh, it's good. It's ugly. I wish we hadn't like maybe a newer version. There is no newer version. Oh, well, <laughs> then this is all there is. It's it's just kind of <laughs> ugly, but whatever. Um, and then uh, we played a ton of games that we really can't talk about because they're unpublished. Um, we went to our monthly uh, playtesting event, so we got to play a lot of games that people are working on, which is really which is always fun. Um, it's always fun because e- even when things break, because sometimes things are just a total disaster and it's like nothing worked at all. And and sometimes things are a lot further along and they work really well. Um, so there's kind of a mix of both of those at our most recent event. Um, but those are the things that we have played before. Cool. Yeah. Um, so we had a little game night and... We just played some really quality, all the games we played were really quality. So, but the first and like most recommended game I have that I think that everyone should purchase immediately (laughs) (laughs) is called Ready, Set, Bet. It's a betting game with horses. So the game comes with this downloadable app. The app is amazing. You can cast it to your TV and it's like you're at a real horse race. You have... (laughs) The thing that's so clever about this game is it works a lot like Can't Stop and it uses probability in like a fun, a fun way that I haven't seen before. So the seven horse, because it's rolled the most often, it's in the middle and um, the odds against the seven horse are not as good because the seven horse is going to roll more often and potentially win more. So if you bet on the seven horse, that's like three, three odds. And you get these chips, you get a five, a four, a three, a three, and a two. So if you put your five chip on the seven horse and it wins, it would pay out three times five, so $15. Um, and as the horses go out, the odds get slimmer to that you're going to roll those dice. So mm-hmm. they have this interesting mechanic so that if you roll let's say someone rolled an 11 or 12 or a one i mean or a two or a three those horses are on the outside tracks and they're harder to roll so if someone for instance rolls a two or a three and then rolls a two or a three again that horse moves an additional three spaces so it moves the two and then it moves an additional three spaces so it can actually like 
move pretty quickly. And so one time we had this race going and like the two, three horse rolled and then the two, three horse rolled again. So it moved five spaces and then it rolled another two times. So it moved 10 spaces in the course, but like no other horse had moved. And it was like really interesting trying to, but you know, it could never move again. Like it's not a very common number to roll. So like after that, it was, we had all bet on those two, three horse, but it hadn't been moving. And we're like, come on, because then the seven horse was taking off and it was catching up. (laughs) And it's just really fun because everyone's screaming you're putting all your bets down and then the app has this commentator really clever nice sounding commentator that's like and the number one horse is out of the gate and the three is taking the lead and he's just very fun to listen to and it's really exciting at the end because people are shouting like come on seven come on six like they're trying to you're trying to figure out which horse is going to win and everyone's screaming and shouting because they want their bets to win and (laughs) there's just really clever other bets you can have you place on the board there's called there's prop bets and um they're called i think they're called fancy finishes or some sort of finish bets so you can bet on like which horse will be if the winning horse is two horses behind or if the the second place horse is two spaces behind the, the the lead horse there's just really fun extra bets and if you like really fast pace and like it plays up to eight people so it's a really fun party game and I don't know. I just think it's a, like one of the best games I've played in a long time. It's a fun <laughs> party game. And Aww. I guess according to Glenn, Tom Vassell, who is now like a full-time game reviewer, this was his at Gen Con game to watch. Like it was his favorite game. And mm. it's it's pretty fun. It's a really fun game. If you like betting games, if you like, if you like Can't Stop, it feels very much like that, but in a new and inventive way. Hmm. And I don't know. It's just really fun. So that's the first one we played. It sounds like a maybe more randomized version of Camel Up. It's a little bit like Camel Up. It's just so fun. You guys have to get this game and play with your friends. (laughs) I think you would love it. Seriously, they would be so So are the only physical components the money you're betting with? The the game actually does come with the horses so you can roll yourself, but a lot of people don't recommend that. But the app is they're hard to see. Yeah, they're Mm -hmm. hard to see and yeah, mostly the game it just comes with chips and like additional prop bets you can bet on. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. That sounds great. Um, at our playtesting day, I played a game that is, um, it literally just went on sale on Kickstarter today. <laughs> oh, fun. Um, one of our designer friends, Tate Wu, um, just, uh, put his game Fork on Kickstarter. Uh, I can't recall if we've talked about it before. I probably didn't because it wasn't actually available yet, but, uh, we have played it before. It is a trick-taking game. Uh, but it's based off of the food chain. So FORK uh, is an acronym. It stands for Fox, Owl, Rabbit, Kale. And so Kale is the lowest. Um, Kale is eaten by rabbits. Rabbits are eaten by owls. And foxes can eat both owls and rabbits. So when you play your cards, you have to play in suit, just like any other trick-taking game. Uh, but depending on what you play, you score whatever you eat. So it's not like one person takes the whole trick if they're the highest, but you score whatever you can eat. So if there are two rabbits and only one kale, only one rabbit is going to be able to eat that kale, and that's the one that's going to be the the highest numbered rabbit. Um, or if you play your fox and somebody plays an owl, then your fox is going to eat the owl. The owl isn't going to be able to eat the rabbit. Um, If two people play the fox, then the foxes are invalid and you can't do anything with them. Um, 
it's a really simple, cute trick-taking game. Um, it's very cheap on the Kickstarter. Um, it's yeah, it's it's cute and uh, very easy to travel with and fun. I would love to play this. I love trick-taking games. Yeah. Hmm. Along with that, we got a free game from PAX called Tusk with an exclamation point that looks a little like a tusk. <laughs> uh, this was a game by Gale Force 9, who are well-known for having put out nothing but IP-licensed games for pretty much ever. Uh, they made the Firefly game. They made the Dune... Both Dune... Three Dune games? Four Dune games? I don't know how many Dune games there are now. A lot. But uh, they made Dune Imperium, which uh, won a whole host of awards um, last year. Uh Tusk is not an IP game. It's an original game, um, which was surprising to see from Gale Force 9. Uh, I don't know what to say about this. Tusk is terrible. It's one uh, of the worst games Tusk we've ever horrible. played. You never know what you're going to get if you get a free game at a convention. You What's it about? Ex- it's about fighting a mastodon, kind of, but not really. It's about the Ice Age, but kind of, and not really. What is it about? It's about rolling a die, and if you get a <laughs> six, you win, and if you get anything else, you lose. Yeah. That's what it's about. <laughs> what? Uh, and that's what I mean. You roll one die, and if it's a six, you get a thing, and if you don't, you get nothing. It's 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 so bad. There is nothing to recommend huh. about. It's Tusk. like a first. It's like a first prototype of a game. Like they did not. I, there's like nine playtesters listed in the rules, and it's like how? How and did it's they, on sale? Yes, it is. It is on sale. Uh, it started yes. off, as far as I can tell, it started off over forty five dollars. I think it was fifty dollars to. start. Start now. It's down for to one dice. Now, 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 well, I mean, it comes no, no, no. more. It's, it's got it like little more. meeples. Now it's, it's down got a on guy to fifteen dollars and, and dropping. Uh, it is, but it is not worth it. Universally hated, as far as I can tell. No one enjoyed it. Also, nobody played it who didn't get it for free. I don't think. No. Um, but even then, for free, everybody regrets playing the free game they got. Um, one person on Board Game Geek said that they had uh, post Tusk stress disorder. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is the the worst game I, I've played in many, it's many years. It's utterly broken. It's not like Oath, which is one of my most hated games. It's it's not like that in that like maybe somebody will enjoy it. There's a lot going on. I just, it wasn't for yeah. me. Oath was it's clearly like functioning that. as intended. Yeah. This is, it's, who knows it's what its intent is. and completely broken. Somebody got really lazy and was like, I don't know. This is fine, I guess. It's just like. Why did you spend all this time making this game? Let's describe in order what happens in the game. So in the game, first of all, you set up a little map. At the center of that map is the Mastodon spawning ground, which spawns a gargantuan wooden Mastodon. Which is pretty nice. That's pretty cool. That's pretty nice. Uh, It gets so horrible from here. Uh, We're we're in the setup, and it's already getting bad. Um, So the first thing we noticed is uh, there are all these named locations, like a volcano or tar pits or I don't know what else. Um, there's a ton of little named locations, Mountains. but the rules only state meaning for one type of location, um, which is this like berry bush. Um, and it has little icons on that uh, randomly drawn hexagon. This is because all of the other named locations besides this like berry bush or this like rock area, a couple of places where you can pick up one of a handful of little, uh, little tokens, uh, maybe three quarters of all of the land in the game is functionally meaningless unless you draw a random card, which you'll draw every round, that will simply kill any player who is sitting on that land. Uh, 
this is already some of the worst. It would, even in the 80s, this would have been terrible yeah. design. Like it would be like, it got hot. Everybody in deserts dies. It's like, yep. uh, oh, okay. Now, you only have two or three dudes. So it's it's a big deal if somebody dies. Now, there are only three actions you can take in the game. Action one, move your guy. Uh, two spaces. And two spaces is not enough. Two spaces is not nearly enough since everything's being drawn randomly. And at the beginning of the game, you've drawn one card that tells you what your actual goal is. The only way to make points besides getting meat is to get one uh, or more randomly chosen Resources, objects like yeah. uh, clumps of grass or lumpy stones. Um, and that's what it says in the it rules. It literally says lumpy, of grass, stone. lumpy stones. Lumpy yeah. stones and tasty meat. And tasty tasty meat. stones inherently lumpy. Yeah, I would <laughs> think so. They're trying to be funny. But, uh, oh. Tasty meat is not included on that list because tasty meat is the points of the game. Yeah. Uh, but they're also the only way to get more people in this worker placement game in which you start with one worker. Another worker is going to cost a tasty meat, which would be a point, which wouldn't be so bad if you didn't end the game with like eight points to win. Yeah, it's like so a you don't want to make any more people rid of one to meat. move any more people. So your real action is move one person two spaces, maybe reach your goal item, maybe not because it was randomly placed. You can only move so far, and almost all of the areas do nothing. Uh, or fight the mastodon. If you fight the mastodon, you roll a die. If you get a six, you hurt the mastodon. Then it rolls, and if it gets a Four, five, or six. Four, five, or six. It, 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 it kills hits you, you. And, and knocks you. Well, it doesn't knocks kill you. It you, knocks you, down, you yeah. and knocks you out of the round for, for two rounds. Um, and in the first three rounds of the game, at the end of the third round, an Ice Age is going to start flipping over all the tiles, making any tile that had any resources on it, which is already maybe a quarter of all the resources, completely useless. It'll throw those resources away. The Ice Age doesn't hurt you, it's safe. It doesn't freeze you it doesn't, it doesn't do anything like it helps you it just either, removes though. the only other action from the game yeah. other than fight the mastodon it's a timer it's like once the whole board freezes over the game is over and that's the only redeeming idea i think in the game like it was an interesting idea but also in practice it was so annoying because we had all of these tiles there's like a decent number of hexes and Every round, you're flipping over at least three of them and often up to like six or seven of them. And it's just so much upkeep and you're all of them have resources on them. So you're putting all the resources back and oh God, it was so awful. Um, it's important to note those berry bushes had tasty meat on them. Right. Berry it's bushes not are like they had a separate the kind of food. The berry bushes are full of meat. It was still tasty, tasty meat. meat. And when you take Why that, do they call it meat? When you get that tasty meat, your action you could do with it is buy a person, but you never will. No. Because, because they're points. Because they're, not only are they points, but statistically, if you buy a person, you have like a 50% chance of it dying on the next turn yeah. from a randomly drawn card at the end of the round or being trapped in the middle of a random ice flow that means that you can't move. None of these are because of choices you made. None of these are because of accidents. It's simply random chance. All of it involves just a random die roll pointing in the direction of some random thing happening. Um, this would be a bad game for children who would be frustrated oh, and angry. It's, it's bad a bad for game everyone. for adults who are frustrated and angry. It's a bad game for those who like Ice Ages. It's a bad game for that year because Paleo came out. My game of the Paleo's year. great. The, yeah. the game of and Paleo is well-loved. Absolutely the same theme, absolutely the same idea, but executed infinitely better. Uh, Tusk is also ugly, 
Uh, the only advantage it has is that the rules are relatively clear, which is even more baffling. <laughs> it's really That's- bad. If you see it for like $2... Then, Don't even buy it then. <laughs> well, you can take it and cannibalize it if you want to, which is what we did. We're cannibalizing it for its parts. So we mm-hmm. just like took it apart and we're like, all right, we're going to keep these. We're going to throw these away and we'll use them for other games. Tusk is not worth the paper it's printed on. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Sad. Yeah. We pl- The second game we played, actually, I think that you and Damon would like. It's called fleet the dice game have you guys played fleet the dice game i played before? fleet the not dice game i know um fleet the on. dice game yeah in the game i've never played the regular fleet but you're basically a fisherman you have boats and you roll these dice it's a roll and write so there's two sheets it's kind of complex just the, the amount of rules in it is it's a little bit heavy as far as rules go so if you don't like heavy rules i wouldn't recommend this but it is a very well balanced game there's two sections to the game so you first roll your fishing dice they could have either lobsters shrimp oysters there's different sides of the dice and then you move on to the market phase where you collect different bonuses in the buildings that you have but mostly the game is about collecting resources fishing all the fish count for points and then different building bonuses and using your resources to sort of cascade the dice rolls and the things you can cross off on your sheet. I thought it was a very pleasant game. It was really fun. The game takes place over 10 rounds. It's not a very long game, but it still feels really involved in a really in-depth game for like, I don't know, I think it took us like 30 minutes to explain the rules and then like an hour to play. So Mm. I think the the game itself is very colorful and beautiful, and there's a ton of different ways to to victory. I mean, sometimes it's a little point salady, but overall, I think that you, if anyone like likes strat- strategic roll and rights where you have a lot of different options to victory, I would recommend Fleet the Dice Game. It's really fun. So cool. Uh, so this is a new one for me. You and Damon played together, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had not played at, uh, when you guys were. Uh, so we played Silver and Gold, which is a flip and write. Um, and it's it's a good one. Uh, it's fun, very simple. If you've played any flip and write before, you know, this is going to be very similar. Um, but it's uh, it's not like technically pirate themed, but... We're saying it's pirate themed kind of because you're searching for treasure and there are palm trees and sand and it's like, I don't know, I guess you're treasure hunters, but we definitely decided we were pirates. Um, And uh, you are choosing cards uh, to write on. Uh, You're using dry erase markers. uh, So that's nice. You can use the cards over and over again. Um, And each card is different. Each card has a different number of like places that you need to X out before you dig up the treasure that you're trying to find. And um, the cards that have more spaces to X are worth more points. So you can choose to do the smaller spaces and try and get them done faster, or you can go for the bigger, um, more risky ones and try and get those bigger points. Um, There's also a little bit of set collection involved because you can get bonus points if you have a certain number of, if you like specialize if you're going for like the gray cards then and you get a card that says you get bonuses for gray cards you might try and collect all of those um very simple i would recommend it to anybody who likes rolling rights and flipping rights um it's not 
unique or special exactly, but it, it's fun. It's a nice. But the Tetris to... component in it is nice. We have to figure out how to put the things that you're trying to put in. Yeah, and I guess that's not the same for all. You're right. That's not the same for all roll and writes. I've played a bunch that do use that Tetris aspect, um, but not all of them do. Yeah. So when when you flip a card, it shows you what shape of Tetris piece you need to draw onto your card. Um, yeah. And you're trying to you're trying to fit them in. If you the good thing is if you can't fit them in, then you can X anything you want, which I thought was very um, very nice because <laughs> otherwise you get super frustrated. Like at least you know you can always dig yourself out of a hole by doing that. You know you're not going to be stuck with the same cards forever and ever. Um, so it's very friendly to like any age or any um, experience level in games. Yeah, I like that game. Mm-hmm. Um, we played a, a really weird sounding game. It's called <laughs> Psychic Pizza Delivery Drivers Go to the Ghost Town. Have you oh played my this before? goodness. Sounds like that would have an acronym. Yeah. <laughs> no. It does not have an acronym. Very long <laughs> name for a game. This is a deduction game. So one person plays the master and they have a grid in front of them that's in the board game box. And the other people can't see it because you use the board game lid to shield the grid from everyone else. People who have, it's almost a little bit like Captain Sonar in a way. Because hmm. everyone else has their own little grid. And they're trying to discover a pizza and deliver it to a house. They don't know where the pizza is and they don't <laughs> know where the house is. So they could say, move east. If there's a ghost there, you say, boo, you've encountered a ghost. And they can't move that direction until they defeat the ghost. Oh, my or goodness. Or if they've, they say, move east and there's nothing there, you say, you move east. And then you give them coordinates for stuff around them. So say there was a house near them or a ghost, you say, there is one house in your vicinity and one ghost in your vicinity. They don't know where that is. They are just guessing. Oh. It's kind of like, um, what's that? Minecraft? Not Minecraft. What is it? Minesweeper. Minesweeper <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 combined yeah. with Captain Sonar. Okay. So they're making little marks. The ghost could be in this area. The house could be in this area. And then if they find a house without the pizza, then the person will say, you found a house, but you don't have a pizza to deliver there. Sorry. So then they have to keep walking around, making notes on their grid, figuring out where they are. To, to deliver this piece of pizza. And whoever successfully delivers just whatever piece of pizza they have, if they picked up a cheese pizza, they deliver it to the cheese house. If they do that before everyone else, they win the game. It gets a bit more complicated because there are portals in the game. There's three portals. So if you land on a portal, it'll transport you to another spot on the board. And then you've kind of got to start from scratch because now you don't know where you are from where you just came. Oh, um, no. Once people figured it out, though, they're like, I know where the house is. And then they're all trying to get there as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. It was really interesting to watch people figure it out. I played like the master who was manipulating the board and telling people which direction they were going. And it was really it was really fun to see how they figured it out. And, so wait, are you and, telling them in secret or are you telling them in public? I'm telling everyone out loud and everyone's boards you can see. So... The rules are very specific. You can't like belabor the game by like trying to study other people's boards, you know, because you can look at other people's boards to try to figure out where you are on the map, but um, you're not allowed to look at them for long periods of time or anything like that. So everyone can hear which direction you're moving and what's around you. And if they're smart enough, they can figure out where they are, mm -hmm. depending on what you're saying. So, yeah. Oh, that sounds fun. I would totally play yeah, that. I'd play that. Yeah, it's a very interesting uh, deduction game. So, is there a. Long. 
I'm assuming there's a minimum number of players since there's a GM. Can you could you play it with three players? You have to have a minimum of three players. Okay. So yeah. yeah. What's the max? I think the max is uh, five or six. I think there's only. I think it might be five because it comes with four boards and then the master person. So okay. Yeah, I would play that for sure. Cool. You had a good week then. You had a good week of of fun games. I just think Ready, Set, Bet is like one of the best games I've played in a long time. <laughs> Everyone should play that game. I mean, just buy it. It's so fun. You won't regret it. It's great when you find a game like that. All right, cool. Well, you can look at the podcast notes below to uh, see a list of the games that we just talked about. You can also go to our website, which is playdnapodcast.com. And as always, play safe, play often, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>